Audioversity, the voice of Reichman University. Um, and there's a bunch of chefs, Israeli chefs, that came, and even some chefs in Singapore, um, which is it's pretty cool. People are excited about they it. They can't tell the difference. I'm not sure if you can't tell the difference. We're not trying to imitate meat. It's, it's well, but aren't, but aren't you? I mean, you're creating a meat. It's, it's, it's complimentary. Actually, serious. Amazing conversations from Israel, all topics considered. With Aaron Porras and Hannah Rifkin. Welcome to the Actually Serious podcast, where we focus on the most interesting and innovative from Israel with all topics and the humans behind them considered. I'm Aaron Porras, and we're coming at you on Audioversity in partnership with No Camels, the leading site on Israeli innovation news. And I'm joined here, of course, with my executive producer, Hannah Rifkin. Hello. Uh, and today I'm also here with Michal Hartal, research associate at the Process Development Department of Aleph Farms, which for those of you who don't know, is, the, is leading the charge, really, in lab-grown meats. And no, I, again, I do not mean meat alternatives. I'm talking about actual meat that uh, does not come from a cow. And we're going to talk about how that works. Michal, how are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing very well. I'm very excited to have you. Thank you. Uh, so I want to ask you, like, first of all, how do you, how do you cultivate a steak? Oh, that's, that's the question, isn't right, it? Right, right. Um, so we focus in Aleph Farms on non-genetically modified and not immortalized cells. We harvest cells from um, embryonic stem cells from a cow without harming it. And we grow and we proliferate these cells and they're basically a bank that we can use to differentiate into muscle cells on a um, plant-based matrix. Okay, so, so, so you create we, like a lattice sort of and then like grow it? Well, we are, we are working on a thin cut steak. We're not talking about um, growing cells and um, modifying them into a nugget or a hamburger, <laughs> which is what a lot of our peers are doing, which is wonderful, but our company focuses on growing a thin cut beef steak. So it's so it needs to like match the, the cellular structure of an actual steak. So we grow our cells and we seed them on a plant-based matrix that gives uh, tissue basically which gives the feel of a cut of meat. So, okay, so and you're taking these like stem cells and you're directing some of them to be like a fat cell and some of them to be like a, you know, the muscle? Like a or? muscle. So, so we grow our cells in a cultivator um, so they can proliferate and um, become abundant. And we can also control the environment that they see as far as the temperature, or the pH and supplement them with any nutrients that they need to allow them to grow and to allow them to differentiate into the nature that they need to, right. be it muscle or fat. Um, and we can control the situation and we can work in a closed aseptical environment, so no contamination. And we can, we're also working on upscaling the process and making it scalable for right. future plants. Well, so, so is this like, can you, you know, modify it to be like a healthier version of beef? Well, it is a thin cut and it is low in fat. That's the, okay. the primary product that we're working on is a thin cut. Well, and you mentioned also that like non-immortalized cells. What does that mean? Um, so there's different 
modifications that you can do to cells in order to make them grow faster and maintain their initial properties of being pluripotent, which means that they can differentiate into any type of cell. Um, Some companies and some ways are genetically modifying them and turning them back into stem cells. And there's another way which basically you just let them grow until they become very, very sturdy and very non-susceptible to stress. And they're very, very um, capable of continuing to grow and grow and grow. And that's basically an immortalization process. And that is another way to maintain your cells and their ability to continue to proliferate and grow and maintain their um, characteristics. So we don't do that. We do something a little different. Okay. So you're the research associate of process development. Uh, What what exactly do you do then in the building of the stake? So basically process development is what it sounds like. It's developing the process. of the cultivating of our cultivated meat. So you have different stages and different steps starting from these cells and growing them and multiplying them and then differentiating them and having all the process from start to finish streamlined and scalable for uh, future plants and future factories. And so what we do in the department that I am in right now is we're working a lot on scaling up the process. Right. Um, So our process can basically produce or cultivate this meat within about four weeks. So it takes like four weeks to grow a steak? When an actual cow takes a few years to grow. So we're basically um, working on streamlining the process and upscaling it, improving it. We're working on reducing costs you know, because, because currently we're talking about the pricing of the initial product is going to be like um, premium beef. Right. I have a random question, if I may. Of course. Yes. I don't know if it's in place or not, but is this considered vegan friendly or approved by any means? Oh, man, that's a great one. So, th- so that's a really good question. Uh, recently, there was um, a judging by the main chief rabbinate of Israel or whatever, and he talked about our meat specifically as being parv. Because <laughs> because there's no slaughter. I heard about this. So you could have it with like a you could have it with cheese. You could have like a you nice. Have it, you can have it with butter. You can actually yeah. make steak awesome. and butter um, if you keep. Par- Do, does it cook the same way? Um, it's it's a thin cut, so it cooks right. pretty quickly. It's super fast. We have an amazing chef that works in our company, and he's working on the different ways to cook it and different recipes. And he's working with international chefs and chefs here in Israel on uh, ways to prepare it in the best way. Um, it smells amazing. Does it really? We have a food tech lab that's right across from ours. And whenever he comes, there's amazing smells oh and the different experiments that he does. It's really, really cool. Um, <laughs> do, you have a, do you have like a cafeteria on the campus where it's like all just lab-grown meat? Like, do you sell your own thing to your own employees? <laughs> that would be great, but we're not there yet. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, we do have a visitor's uh, center because the pilot plant has been constructed and they're actually starting to run. Um, and so we're working on upscaling the process towards production, and it's pretty cool. And we have chefs coming to visit and, and a lot of visitors and sometimes high schools and all sorts of people, so they get to see um, the company. We moved to new offices about a year ago, so they're much bigger. They're much nicer. We got mm. uh, high-tech labs and a lot of new equipment, which is really, really cool. 
Well, and so I like speaking of, I know you sent some of this stuff with Eitan Stevie, the Israel's second astronaut, into space. Yeah, that earlier. was like that was a really cool project. Actually, we have um, a a space team, right? Like Alpha Zero, I think, right? Yeah, um, led by a really wonderful scientist who also led the whole um, transaction, the whole. Um, communication with the rabbis about getting the parv. I, I love that, by the way. Um, <laughs> and the so thing ever. it's actually really cool. <laughs> we, sent, uh, we sent cells up to space. Um, it was a, a lab on chip. It was a chip that has an actual like little, it's also an incubator and also wow. um, the medium goes in and basically we sent the cells up to space. Uh, we let them proliferate for a few days and differentiate and then they were sent back down. Oh, we, so the astronauts didn't have like a little steak. No, no. Uh, Aitan, so Aitan had to kind of like just press a button, but he he worked hard. I mean, he went up there with like a, a bunch of experiments for a bunch of companies and universities. Oh, yeah. He he worked really hard, but it was really cool. And the cool thing was that I was actually still working in the analytical department, and I got to um, produce the RNA from the cells that came back oh, from really? space. Yeah, it was really cool. It was if, very nerve wracking, but it was. This very is cool. so appropriate since it's Israel Space Week, by the way. If you're is listening, it, this wow. is like. A long time ago, but yeah, this is real space. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it if it grows in zero g, did you get a spherical stake? Oh, we didn't grow this. I <laughs> didn't. You just some we're cells. Just, we're just starting with the cells to see how they differentiate and how they grow. Um, right up in space, we also had um, the same experiment done here on Earth, here in Herzliya. Oh, to like compare the difference. Yeah, to compare the difference. I can't really speak to the results because there was like my parting project before I moved to a different mm. department. Um, but it was very, very cool. Um, again, led by an extraordinary scientist and a wonderful person. Um, and, you know, we are hopefully we'll take part at the next mission. Right. I mean, I don't know, but we're working on continuing the project. Like... <laughs> I just I'm so floored by so much of this right now. Like, okay. Did uh, how how did you get how did you get to Aleph Farms, I guess is is my next thing. Um so actually I was working in a different company. I was working for two and a half years in a biotech company researching um a treatment for a very, very terrible disease in children. Mm-hmm. Um and unfortunately, due to COVID and budgetary cuts, I was fired. Really? Um, so I found myself um, in the middle of COVID, unemployed and very, very um, surprised because I didn't see it coming. Um, and then I basically just found an ad in Drushim and I sent my resume. And the same day or the next day, um, wow. um, Human Resources called a wonderful, lovely lady called, and we had a great conversation, and she basically said, we need someone for the analytical department. Um, do you know these methods and these things? And I said, sure. And a couple hours later, um, the manager of the department, because she was by herself at the time, called me. We had a short interview, and she said, can you come on Sunday? I came on Sunday, had an interview with the VPRND, and basically they said, when are you coming? They oh, needed fast. They needed someone to come. I needed a job. Right. Um, it was. It sounded fascinating. It sounded interesting. Um, I came in to have an interview with the CEO at the time as well, and everything just kind of clicked. And you know, um, I'm also a nutritionist, so mm-hmm. I have a connection to food. And um, due to many years of working with laboratory animals, I stopped eating meat a few years ago. Right. Because it was t- it was too much. 
and just yeah, I know um, you've told me some you've told me some terrible stories. <laughs> I had no idea it was so brutal <laughs> to work it's, in that um, kind of lab. It's just it's 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 hard. It's hard, and um, I'm really happy I found a job um, in the field of science where I don't have to work with uh, laboratory animals, which I completely understand the need for it at this point in time. But it, it's 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 really hard, and I enjoy working uh, with cell cultures, and I've learned many new methods, including working with cultivators, which is something that's completely new to me. Um, but the whole vision of Ada Farms, um, the sustainability, the food security, you know, we're talking about cultivating meat, not to replace um, conventional meat. Right. We have... Uh, why not? Why not? Because it's, it's, it's not something that's supposed to come instead of. We believe... In working with the meat companies and with farmers, mm. you know, it's it's their work, it's their livelihood, it's it's what they do, it's what they believe in. Um, we're working. The whole point is working with the companies and with the farmers, and hopefully, uh, cultivated meat will become the routine meat that we eat, and right. conventional meat will be the extra. It will be the more premium things that we eat, and you'll be able to save land and save water sure. and reduce methane gas emissions and still have cows live happily and people can enjoy meat without hurting them all the time. So I, when you take cells from a cow to cultivate, right, or the or cow's embryo, where, where yeah, re, repeat, remind me where you get the cells from exactly? It's embryonic stem cells. Okay, so, so it's from... It's from embryo. So from the embryo. And then for, like, every batch of steaks, you need a whole new set of embryonic stem cells? Or can you, so, like, revert so cells back down or something? No. So what we do is we try and maintain and grow these cells while maintaining their stem cellness, like You know, so you can have a whole bank, and then from one small ampule of so many cells, you can grow so many steaks. And that's part of the whole cultivators is growing and multiplying these cells and letting them proliferate in larger quantities in a regulated, controlled environment, um, which is something that they do in many food tech companies. Right. They work with cultivators and you can grow a mass of cells. Well, and I mean, I know, I know from just reading like other scientific you know, literature and articles and, and whatever, like that we are capable of taking a cell and maybe reverting it supposedly to a stem cell, so, no? So that's so that's part of the genetically modified and, and, okay. and, and what many people do. We don't want to work with genetically modified cells. You know, there's a lot what's, of what, stigmas about them. Yeah, what's like the difference, really? I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, there's many countries have this whole thing about non-GMO. Right. Isn't that just a fad? You know, like corn, bananas, it's all GMO. I mean, it's, it's, it's really a matter of opinion and, and people's beliefs and traditions, and we don't want to insult anybody. <laughs> um, <laughs> Walking like a, like a real fine line, I guess, in the food industries. I mean, part, part of it is when you genetically modify uh, cells, you might introduce potentially... Um, mutations or, or, or different things that may not be um, intentional or controlled. Hmm. Um, obviously, companies that work with it do many, many testing to ensure that 
even if there are mutations, they're non-pathogenic or anything like that. But in order to avoid all of that and work with something that's scalable, because genetically modifying cells is also expensive. Right. Um, and that's also a lot of what we work on is is the scalability of the pr- the process in order to grow it and also be able to kind of have it all around the world. Wow, I have to say, like something keeps coming to mind right now when we're talking about like mixing these cells together and and doing whatever. Like, I keep thinking of the fly with Jeff Goldblum. Do you ever see that movie? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think you've told me about it. It is nothing like that. No. <laughs> it's just introducing like some fly accidentally getting his DNA mixed in and, and you end up with a very weird steak <laughs> that, is what that, I'm thinking. That, that could be hilarious. But as I said, we work uh, in closed cultivators <laughs> in order to ensure flies do not get into the cultivators that's, that's probably, and contaminate our steak. It's probably for everybody's best interest. Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. I know that we have like, okay. You have $623 million, I read, uh, in, in alternative protein development raised in just in 2021. Why do you think like Israel is like this hotspot for, for this kind of industry? Because I know that you, you have competitors in like Sweden. I know Leo DiCaprio, for example, he invested both in Olive Farms and in some other... Well, we don't look at them as competitors. We see them as peers. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just being diplomatic. Right. Honestly, and I truly believe that the more companies work on cultivated meat, cultivated milk, cultivated fish, there's Mm -hmm. cultivated honey, there's a whole bunch of different cultivated foods, which is important because the population of the world is growing and sustainability is important and reducing carbon imprint is important because we want to live here and we want our children to live here. And that means we need to take... um, steps in order to change the situation and this is part of it it is finding a more sustainable way to grow food and supply it especially in countries where they don't have the land or they don't have the climate to grow Mm. um animals um where like where's your target market for this is this like western quote-unquote first world countries so we have um collaborations and we're working with a few of the largest meat companies in the world right we have cargo in the u.s there's a company in brazil we're walking with working with uh thai union oh yeah um, you are you're working with thai um in and mitsubishi in japan is right. also um part of the board or whatever because when i think cars i think meat uh, true. <laughs> and currently, I mean, we're preparing to launch first here in Israel and in Singapore because Singapore has uh, regulations that allow cultivated meat. They've started with cultivated chicken. They already have it. Wow. I wouldn't have even considered like I did. How does any country really have anything against cultivated meat? It seems like it's such a new thing. But it, it, it is a new thing, and that's what scares a lot of people. I mean, they had so, I mean, an article about the whole um, parv thing where one of the chief rabbis in the U.S. is like, just because Israel says it's parv doesn't mean we're going to agree. Uh, we need to check. We need to look into it. Yeah, we, have to, we have to check our literature because it's, <laughs> on growing because meat. It's, it's diff- because there's no slaughter. So... You, is it halal? Is, is it is it kosher? I mean, what is it? You don't. I mean, is that the argument for for what makes something meat in in the rules of kashrut? In, in the rules of kashrut and, and halal, as well as um, other religions or sects that believe in the purity of food, right. part of it is the way that you slaughter the animal. 
but there's no slaughter of animals. So where do you put it? But oh, there's also an aspect of you're not supposed to mix the mother and the baby. So where does that come? That is true, but is it the baby? We didn't. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't. Right, kill but the baby. so that's the machloket, <laughs> I guess. I mean, is in is, the it, US, is it con- is it considered um, slaughter? Is it considered an animal if it was cultivated outside of an animal without harming an animal? And it's it's not a whole animal. It's it's right. just a part of it. This might be revolutionary for kosher Which- and halal. Well, here's well, and here's a question, right? You're you're creating these thin steaks, right? Is that like New York strip? Like, what cut of beef? If you were to place this oh on the God, body I'm, of a I'm, cow, I'm so not the person to ask this because I don't <laughs> eat meat. Um, <laughs> but we actually have like an internal food course that's really cool. We started it recently in the company, um, and it's every two weeks. And it's either somebody from food tech or a nutritionist came and talked to us. That's awesome. And just a couple weeks ago, um, our chef had a whole conversation and a whole lesson about the different cuts of meat. And I think he said it's like a cinta. Okay. Because it's, it's, very, nice very, it's very, very thin. It's very, very lean. Right. Um, and again, uh, many people have tried it. I mean, even our current prime minister tried it uh, when he came to visit uh, like a year and a half ago. Um, and there's a bunch of chefs, Israeli chefs that came and even some chefs in Singapore. Um, which is it's pretty cool. People are excited about they it. They can't tell the difference. I'm not sure if you can't tell the difference. We're not trying to imitate meat. It's, it's well, a but different... Aren't, but aren't you? I mean, you're creating a meat. It's, it's, it's complementary <laughs> to meat because it, it's not going to be exactly the same because it is based on a, on a plant-based matrix. Right. Um, it's not 100% meat. But it, so is the... Is, what remains of the plant-based matrix in the final product? It's part of the final product. It's in there. It's, fi- it's part of the final product. It adds uh, protein as well as the protein that you get from the, the cells itself. Yeah. And it helps with the texture because you can grow cells. And part of the reason why a lot of the cultivated meats you have are the patties right. is because you don't have um, the fibers that you have in a piece of steak, in, in, in a piece of meat. And in order to achieve that, you need something supplementary. And part of that is plant-based matrices, and, and our different peers are working on different alternatives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for, like 3D printing kind of. Absolutely. Um, in order to get that fibrous um, matrix of right. the actual steak. I'm not sure if you said this before. I, I don't remember, but nutrient-wise, how mm. how equivalent is it to real meat? So I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I am not the authority on that. We have our food <laughs> technology group. Um, when we do launch, uh, when the product is ready, it'll be something that will be published. Nothing is going to be hidden from the public, obviously. Yeah, you need to have like your your nutri- nutritional facts on the package yeah, of this thing. There, is gonna, there are going to be nutritional facts, and um, as as I've said, it's not going to be the exact same thing as meat. We're not really trying to imitate it. We're trying to complement it with something additional that can assist sustainable um, food agriculture. Um, mm. as well as be delicious and nutritious. And again, it'll be lean, uh, lean in fat, and mostly, f- you mm. know, protein. So it's, it's going to be it's gonna be cool. We're excited. Have, have you tasted it? I've tasted it. Not like in official tastings or anything. 
Um, it's not bad. It's not bad. Does it cook? Does it? Like, I'm, I mean, I'm assuming it cooks in in much the same way any natural I mean, you, meat you, would. But like, could you eat it? Could you eat it raw? Like you know, like a beef pate sort of. You know what I mean? Like, does it have to be cooked? Um, I, I think at this point it has to be cooked. I'm not sure it can be eaten raw. Um, also because it's going to be frozen. Uh, it's not going to be a fresh product, obviously, because it's going to be produced in a factory. Yeah, what's the shelf life on something like that? So if you blast chill it, um, it can it can be maintained for a while. And it's, it's something that's yet to Gosh. be seen. We're working on uh, regulations and, 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 and getting a production line going. Hmm. Um, Again, we're we're still working on it. We're not a hundred percent ready to launch yet, but we're working tirelessly. And I can tell you that a lot of what I'm working on and my department was working on is upscaling the process in order to prepare it for mm. production. We're working very hard on it. What's like what's like the craziest or most mind blowing thing that you can tell me about the production of of this meat, like the technology that went in? to doing this oh can i tell you anything i don't know Um, right (laughs) it's just it's okay i won't tell anybody just lean into the microphone though i honestly (laughs) think it's just it's the whole idea of starting from an embryo embryonic stem cells and and ending up with all these cells and this product it's just it's it's very very cool you know the future is here and it's it's Mm. incredible how like you know, you're you're working in the development processes. How long do you think before it's on the shelf at a reasonable price? So that's hard to say. Mm-hmm. Um, again, mm-hmm. initial launch is going to be like prime steak, prime mm-hmm. beef, uh, premium, ultra premium beef is right. going to be the price rate. But we're also working on price parity and lowering costs. Um, working with suppliers, and we're doing it very transparently so other uh, peers can also um, reach mm. the suppliers that we're, we're working with. Um, we're not hiding anything. We're trying to be sure. transparent because we truly believe in the future of this entire industry. Right. Um, it's, it's hard to say, but we are working on, on price parity in order to actually have it be in an affordable price right. range. And and, and I mean, you know, you said earlier that you're not working on like nuggets and like processed meats and things like that, or at least recreating them. But like, are you are you going to expand beyond beef, beyond steaks? Well, we are, and we're already working on um, cultured, cultivated collagen. Looking at uh, what else we can. A strategy of an in, the, the whole animal and not just the meat, which is a very very smart small part of the animal. We already have a proof of concept wow. of cultivating collagen, and we're working on the different applications that it could can that, be used for. Could that be like medical applications? Could that be you know how much of the how much of this? Because I think right uh, your CEO he used to do uh, like ice cure I think or something like that. Um, I mean, it could be. It could be cosmetics. It can be uh, fabrics. It can be anything, really. Wow. It's, it's collagen. Collagen is is very big in the world. It's very important, and it's it's very cool. We're also we're also working on that. Yeah. Oh wow! I can't wait. I'm. So, I really want to try some of this though, because I've been, I feel like I've been burned before in the alternative meats. 
again, industry. Not, not an alternative meat. Not an alternative meat. That's true. Um, but I mean, you know. Maybe you can come visit one day when the chef is there and I can sneak you in, you know? What do people say that. is like from your colleagues and everyone like that works there with you um, is like the best way to eat it? Is there like a consensus on like the yummiest dish? Um, honestly, the chef changes it up all the time. He has a very cool dish that he does for like fancy important <laughs> uh, visitors um, where he... He cooks it and then he wraps it around asparagus, oh. and it looks amazing. How thin are we talking? We're talking thin, like real, like real thin. We're talking like thin. deli meat thin, or no, 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 no. It's just a very thin cut, um, very tender. Why, why not a thicker cut? Does it does it matter in terms of the the growth process? Like, could you not make just a thicker lattice or or something and and grow it um, on that? It might kind of skew the proportions of the contribution of the cells really? as opposed to the matrix, but it's something that we are working on. On making a nice big making thick, a nice, cut. thick cut. But this is an initial, initial product that we are hopefully um, close to achieving. All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm blown away. I want so badly to try one of these steaks, but unfortunately that is a wrap. Michal, thank you. This was Actually Serious. I'm Aaron Porras, and we'll be back soon with more on all things Israel, innovation, culture, and more. Coming guests including archaeological experts, world-leading winemakers, and so many other amazing personalities because we believe in connection, one incredible human at a time. And Michal, of course, that includes you. Oh, thank you. Uh, Of course, everybody at home, do not forget to keep up to date by subscribing to Actually Serious on Facebook, Instagram, No Camels. Uh, and AaronPorus.com, where you can also find cool merch and artworks designed by me personally. We love you. See you next time. All our shows and podcasts available online on our website and on all podcast platforms. Search Audioversity. 